Who's missing? This says three out of four people are in the call. building is off campus like I'm like one block off campus but if I go on campus it's been kind of weird um, school isn't this is a very Japanese thing school isn't supposed to happen until May they're gonna do a month of this is the plan now a month of like did whatever online stuff and then start from May so I was here uh, one of the days last week and there's a bunch of people on campus. And so I asked, I was like, what? why are there so many people on campus? Like, oh, well, it's the, like all the, the first year, all the new students are here. I said, yeah, but they canceled, they canceled opening ceremonies so that people wouldn't be here. Like, oh, yeah, they canceled opening ceremonies and decided to have orientation instead. Huh. I was talking to a friend who lives out in the campo here who uh, all the schools are canceled. And I asked her how everybody was doing out there. And she said, well, life's pretty normal. I mean, all the factories are still working. So because they make uh, parts for Korean cars right. out there. And there's a big uh, factory full of um, uh, assembly lines and stuff. And yeah, apparently those aren't shut down, only schools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same here, right? Like no businesses have shut down. She completely doesn't believe that there's such thing as uh, coronavirus, that it's a government plot to control people. It's strange how, like, everyone's dumb conspiracies always run in that exact same direction. And it's like, it's, it's all, I mean, it's one of those things that's very frustrating to me because it's such an absolutely shallow analysis. If you talk to them about how governments actually control people, they quickly lose interest. She's not, like, uh, really big into uh, analysis. She's not, um, like, a high school graduate or whatever. She's just She just knows that yeah. you absolutely can't trust the government. And so, I mean, this is Mexico. Right. Uh, it's not like it's a far reach to say that the government right. does shitty things to people. And so she's decided that this is one, and I keep trying to talk to her about taking precautions just in case. Mm. Because uh, she yep. lives with her elderly um, mom. Right. But anyway, uh, there's not much you can do. I mean, to be a grown-up for somebody else, uh, you just try to express what seems real. Yeah, I mean, it's that's kind of been an argument here in Japan, too, amongst, amongst like the hyper-educated uh, foreigner living in Japan class has been... There's an argument over the numbers in Japan and whether the numbers are artificially deflated or not. And I just keep insisting that 
I've never seen any kind of disaster where the numbers weren't wrong for a while, right? Not. And then their argument keeps being back, uh, saying that, um, trying to argue like all of these different like economic ways or demographic ways of trying to like analyze the numbers. And I just keep saying like when, like when have, when have governments ever been able to do this well? And like when, when do you ever like trust people who have a lot of power? It seems like a pretty basic argument to me, but anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure how they get their numbers here since my understanding is that there have been less than 20,000 tests given um, so far in all of Mexico. And so how do you figure out who has it, who doesn't, who's testing positive um, uh, asymptomatically, um, you know, who got the flu and developed pneumonia and who has COVID and developed pneumonia? I mean, I just don't know how you figure all that stuff out when there's no testing or no significant testing. It's the same issue here. Like, Japan just isn't testing. So How could how one know? ever know? How are things in Texas? Well, in Texas, I know the yeah. only people getting tested are people that are 65 and older, people that are severely ill, and, like, first responders and medical uh, personnel that have been directly in contact with someone who's who has COVID-19. So, but, but in Houston right now, we're completely, I mean, we're not locked down, but we are, it's like stay at home. Only essential people are going to work. Uh, they put out an order that says they'll, uh, you know, you shouldn't be out unless you're going to the grocery store doing something essential. Um, and I did like, I've went to the grocery store. So last weekend I've gone to the grocery store. I'm, I'm doing the grocery in my household. And uh, last weekend I went to the grocery store and it was a nice day and I drove by one of the big parks uh, in the woodlands. And so this park has, it's like one of those parks, it has a gate that you can lock to keep people out, Uh, but it did not, the gate was open, the parking lot was full, but there was like a little sign, you know, like one of those yard signs, you know, like you put in your yard, you know, like vote Bernie for president. But there was like a yard sign in front of the park that said the park is closed. Like the park is closed. Like we can't we can't sanitize anything in the park because I know because I've seen these out around my uh, they there's a couple of parks around my house, uh, like smaller parks that they can't. It's just like on a little walking trail and they have these little signs that say this park is closed. Like we can't like don't touch any of the stuff because we can't have people come out and sanitize it every day. So, but they had the same thing. There's this gigantic park uh, close to the grocery store that they have a gate that you can close. You can lock the gate. You can lock the gate to close the park, and no one can get in the parking lot. But the gate was open, and there was just a little sign stuck in like the grass medium that says this park is closed. And so the park was completely full. Um, but but the sign should cover them legally. Right? Yeah, the sign covers them legally. But then this weekend I went out. It was complete. It was a very dreary day. It was raining and cold, and I drove by the park again, and there was nobody in the park, and there was a police car. And the, but the, the 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 gate was still open. The gate was still open, um, but nobody was in the park, and there was a police car in the park. I don't know what that meant, but it was like nobody was in the park, but it was like really <laughs> rainy, and nobody would have been in the park anyway. So, 
And I want to say, I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag, but I do live close to a golf course. And both Saturdays I was out, I drove by. There were people, there were people <laughs> playing golf on the golf course. There were like multiple people playing golf on the golf course. Even though like we're supposed to be like essential services, you know, only essential businesses open. You're only supposed to be out, you know, to do essential work, but people were out golfing. So. Well, golf is essential. It is. Um, did you, there, there's an article, uh, uh, where was it, where is it at? About, about how golf has become like this, uh, this weird, um, like partisan territory amongst like the spread of the virus where there were these people playing golf and the, the people who were Democrats is kind of anecdotal, but the people they were talking to were like the Democrats were like trying to stay one person to a cart, which was like the new club rules. <laughs> and there's like alcohol stations all around. They're washing their hands with alcohol and they weren't having like the drink service on the, on the golf course. But like all the, the Republican guys were like deliberately piling into one cart together and like not washing their hands and kind of like demonstrably saying this is dumb <laughs> uh, yeah. to the whole thing. Screw them. Great approach. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, that sort of takes us to our discussion about uh, how the states are reacting well, <laughs> because it seems to be exactly the same thing. Well, yeah, and can I go jump back real quick about the essential employees thing? Um, that gets yeah, yeah. used really interestingly, too, because I had a friend whose father just got laid off this week in Florida. He's an RV salesman, and they classified him as – they told him he was an essential employee and had to come in, even though he's around 70 years old and has health problems. Uh, he said he was scared to go to work, and so they fired him, uh, saying he was an essential employee. So Essential employee, so interesting to see how that gets defined. Yeah, the essential employee thing is interesting here because – I live in uh, Houston, which is like the energy capital of the world. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Don't mean to brag. Um, but one of the businesses, one of the business types that is deemed essential is energy. It's like energy business, which is like, yeah, you can see that. But basically, it's a broad, like the way they're defining it is like anybody works for like if, you know, you do spreadsheets for GE, like you are an essential employee. So you have to come into work. And so, like, the people, right. like, the menial, like, task people that work for GE are, like, coming into, or, like, the, oh, there's tons of, like, GE subsidiaries and all this. Like, they have to come into work. Like, their managers don't come into work. Like, their managers are working from home. But, like, you know, right. all these, like, energy subsidiary people are having to come into work. Because so, they're essential. Yeah, I mean, of course, it, the class divide is very apparent here. And who is essential and who is not really really apparent right what were you gonna say david about state oh just that there's this same thing uh, that you see in the red the redder the state the more people are packed into the golf cart (laughs) um or the mega church or the kroger or whatever you know uh, and uh the more dismissive and jokey the officials are and everybody else too yeah, I mean, it's something we've all seen for years, right? But the idea that of um, kind of being being a Republican in the modern world is all about, like, just sticking it to people and thinking things are funny and ignoring any kind of official language that's not, that you think is not directed at you or coming for you from you uh, and just kind of flaunting that as much as possible. Um, and I mean, it's been said before, and I've said it, and lots of other people have said it, is that, like, 
all, all of this pandemic is very much just uh, the climate change debate and fast forward, right? Like, um, just like uh, you can say for years and years, hey, look, this is going to happen. And people say, oh, but look, isn't it funny? I'm uh, coal rolling. I'm going to go coal roll for Jesus around the parking lot. <laughs> Yeah, I can coal roll because I'm washed in Jesus' blood. I'm covered in Jesus' blood. Yeah, covered in Jesus' blood, right? Um, yeah, and Governor DeSantis. It, it's rolling coal, not coal <laughs> rolling. Coal, coal rolling, same thing. And it's a small truck. It's not my, it's, it's you know, it's like I don't, I'm not having that big <laughs> Yeah, I just saw, I'm just reading here that, um, who's the governor of Mississippi uh, now? Is it Tate Reeves? <laughs> huge dork tate reeves tate you know and he's he's tate the one reeves. who's been like refusing to yeah tate reeves and he's got the haircut <laughs> exactly right. but uh saying that you know not re- refusing to close down the state refusing to do stuff and he just came out and uh declared this month confederate heritage month uh and said uh, god bless the confederate soldier he shall never be forgotten dio vendici uh which is the uh, under god is our vindicator the slogan of the confederate states of the u.s uh Holy oh, shit. Yeah. So kind of just driving the General Lee straight into the Gulf <laughs> as fast as possible. <laughs> right off the launching ramp. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah Bryant's 2016 proclamation was not included on his official page of proclamations uh, or his official gubernatorial website, but appeared on the website of uh, is it Beauvoir Bouvier, the Gulf Coast home of Confederate President Jefferson Davis, now a museum. Oh, great. So I guess they're open. If you want to go to Beauvoir, Beauvoir, I've passed that thing a million times, but I don't know how to say it. Yeah, you know, Florida has been the same way. Like DeSantis was just refusing to close down anything, refusing to close down the beaches, which is a huge controversy. Like I know people locally had to fight to get the beach closed. Uh, finally closed out. He said he's waiting for Trump to tell him to, and then he finally did. He closed down stuff that says that um, churches can stay open. So. Well, Governor uh, Kemp from Georgia finally signed an executive order uh, Thursday uh, that makes um, people shelter in place. But the same order overrides all local efforts to um, close the beaches. And so as of Friday night, Georgia State beaches are open, open for business. Uh, Although uh, uh, visitors to the beaches are required to follow social distancing guidelines so you know they're doing that on the beach well it's not even about i I had this argument with somebody i know recently in florida who thought they should keep the beaches open um it's not about like you can stay six feet apart on the beach maybe uh right but it's not even about that it's about everything that goes along with that right it's like traveling there uh renting out a place to stay maybe like an airbnb like going to the store there going to olive garden all all these other things that go Going to the Olive Garden, rubbing your hands all over the salad bar, passing a beer, <laughs> yeah. uh, going to the cough factory, <laughs> sneezing everywhere. <laughs> um, all of that stuff that goes along with it, right? So it's not just you could go to the beach and say, "Well, I'm being a part here." But I mean, it's kind of it's the, everything here that's like this like metaphor is just like smash, right? It's like the, the it's like so right on the nose, just saying like the people who have the ability to kind of travel and do these things, like just uh, completely spreading all of the risks to people who have to work, <laughs> the people who have to clean your hotel room, and the people who have to to do all the service industry stuff that keeps everything running, uh, and you just uh, don't care, you know. 
Um, yep. Did you see the article today in the New York Times about, I think it's in Mexico, about the resort that's having to stay open because the one rich couple is staying there and they're required? Oh, no, I, oh, I haven't did. seen that. I don't I get did the time, kinda, so. I saw part of that. I saw people talking about that online. Yeah, so it's like one. Like the, and the funniest part is that. No, go ahead. Yeah, the New York Times wrote it wrote it from the perspective of the couple who were staying at the resort and like not any of the workers. Ah. And it's like this resort has to stay open as long as this couple stays here, and it might bankrupt them because they're stuck there. And it's about <laughs> all this whole resort that is open just for these two people because the staff can't leave because they're staying. I say leave. Yeah, yeah. it'd be a shame okay. if something happened to that couple. <laughs> It'd be the same if there's a shark in that swimming pool. <laughs> it's, the, it's the damnedest thing. There was a shark in the bathtub. Shark in the bathtub. God damnedest thing. Yeah, my eight year old this week. He was. He's. I can't remember something. He was asking me like maybe something about if the the whole virus thing was scaring me or whatever. I said no, I'm not like scared. And he's like, I know what would scare you. I'm like, what? Thinking he was having a serious conversation. It's like if you jumped into a pool and someone had put sharks in the pool, that would scare you. It's like, well, yes, it's yes, true. it would. But I think. Yeah. I think you think you caught you caught me there. <laughs> I would be scared of jumping in the pool. And Who said this? Musashi. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got a good point. <laughs> he also told me this week. This is completely off topic. Uh. He was, he's been, uh, he's in the room now, but he was working on Minecraft. He's into Minecraft now. He's an eight-year-old. And um, he, he was building these rooms, uh, and he said, this is um, these heads that I've built. And I said, this is a head? It looks like a room to me. He said, yeah, I like being inside people's heads. <laughs> uh, well, we're talking about state. Should I go ahead and, and go into my, my main topic for the day? I'm going to try to do it without having... Um, some kind of seizure or heart attack or stroke, but the, wait, wait, do you want to do the intro? Effort. Oh, hey, you're listening to uh, Attica Shrugged, a podcast about um, culture and politics in the South. Uh, with me, as always, are uh, David. Dagger, Hello, and Chad Watson. How you doing? I'm at the 19th hole. And <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. Um, I'm West Cheek. I'm here in Kyoto. Uh, yeah, so the, the main topic that I wanted to get to today that's making me effing crazy, and it's been going on for like a week or two now, and everyone that comes up with it thinks they've just thought of it. Uh, and uh, today's offender is Jake Tapper, uh, TV's own Jake Tapper, also known from the video game Tapper, where he served out root beers to people uh, <laughs> in the 1980s. But uh, about um, uh, saying that New Orleans should have, quote-unquote, canceled Mardi Gras. Uh, and that Mardi Gras is a huge vector for this virus, and that the state or the city should have um, canceled Mardi Gras. So, sorry, Chad, if this ends up me being me and David talking about Mardi Gras a lot. But uh, there's a lot about this that, that really sorry. pisses me off. And I think the first thing, the first thing is like that everyone I know from New Orleans, everyone that I know, I'm sure there are people who disagree. Everyone that I know in New Orleans immediately just hears that as a gigantic racist dog whistle, right? Like, uh, and reacts to it in that way um but it seems to not be picked up that way from people outside of new orleans um but it reminds me very much of why don't people just evacuate or why do people live below sea level are are comments to that effect so i don't know david have you seen this kind of narrative at all happen i haven't i think i think most people who don't live in new orleans or haven't lived in new orleans uh-huh. Think of New or- uh, of Mardi Gras as a time when tourists come to, uh, to um, uh, New yeah. Orleans and 
then women take off their tops in order for people to throw them beads. And everybody right. stays in a French Quarter hotel, and that's what they think it is. And I think that's why they don't yeah. make the association, because they don't know that the traditions and the, the culture, and they don't know about the Indians and about the baby dolls and about, like, everybody else right. who does their Mardi Gras thing. Um, um, I guess I, most people would know that uh, New Orleans is a, a majority black city, I guess, yeah. but when they think about Mardi Gras, yeah. they aren't usually thinking about the Zulu King. They're thinking right. about Harry Connick Jr. and Tits for Beads. <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't even thought about it that way. I think it does. There's that image too, right? I think, so, to think about it for me, there's a few different problems. One is I wish that people who say this would, like, define their terms of what they mean by Mardi Gras. Because, like, uh, we, we know, but do people know, like, realize Mardi Gras isn't, like, an event, that you can cancel. <laughs> right, it's like Easter. You can't, you're, they're not canceling Easter. R right, and even outside of that, like, Mardi Gras happens in many places across the state of Louisiana, right? It happens in Lafayette, it happens in Homa, it happens in Metairie, Slidell, New Orleans, and Mardi Gras depends on the year because it's based on the Easter calendar, but this year it started on January 6th, right? Twelfth night was on January 6th. The first Mardi Gras parade was January 6th when, uh, Funny 40 fellows do the, the streetcar thing and Joan of Arc parades in the French Quarter. So they need to be clear if they're saying that they think it should be canceled on January 6th, which would be well, well, well ahead of the curve of most any government on earth. Um, or And then it finished with Fat Tuesday or actual Mardi Gras on uh, February 25th this year. It was an early Mardi Gras this year. So February 25th was the actual day it finished which also was the NBA All-Star Game, which no one is complaining about, and uh, <clears throat> and also was before, like, spring break and before the, 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 the primaries in Florida, right? So it seems like a weird case to pick out. But then it's also not just that. It's uh, we say you have to pick in time. Where is it? Are you saying the whole thing from January 6th to February 25th? Are you saying just the city of New Orleans? And then I think people think that they're – that Mardi Gras is a parade, right? That there is a Mardi Gras parade and that you can cancel that um, and then that's that, that would take care of things. But like as you were pointing out, Mardi Gras isn't just a parade. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. <laughs> I mean, parades are just part of it. And also there are, right. um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot to cancel, which doesn't mean that it couldn't have been canceled, just that... Um, um, February 25th, I'm trying to look and see how many cases there were in the yeah. U.S. Um, uh, um, February 25th, mm -hmm. uh, 14 cases had been diagnosed in the U.S. on that day. Right. Uh, right. And thir an additional 39 cases occurred among repatriated persons from high-risk settings. So the whole thing is just a, like... Nobody was canceling anything when there were 14 cases in the U.S. Well, that's a bit of an overstatement, but yeah, it, was, it just wasn't happening. Major public events were not being canceled on uh, uh, February 25th. Yeah, I mean, school wasn't canceled in Japan until March 1st-ish, and we we're way closer to the, the spread, right? Um, and, you know, the thing... 
and I'm not a big Latoya Cantrell fan, who's she's the mayor of New Orleans, uh, but it, it's been very interesting to watch how she's been kind of singled out on, on this as being, you know, African American woman mayor, saying, "Why didn't you? Why weren't you uh, ahead of the curve of every other state and city?" in America and the federal government in dealing with this, right? It's kind of, and, and I think people, one thing people don't get is there, uh, for most people in New Orleans, like Katrina isn't over, right? And so there's still a lot of issues regarding that of how the population of New Orleans has been blamed for, you know, what happened at Katrina. Uh, and then having having national media saying, well, why weren't you ahead of this too? When, you know, and Jacobin had a great article about it this week. I should see who wrote that. It's called Austerity is Fueling the COVID-19 Pandemic in New Orleans, Not Mardi Gras Culture by Thomas Adams and Cedric Johnson, which goes into the, you know, uh, you can you can blame Mardi Gras for stuff, but we, people have been trying to tell you about the underlying issues in New Orleans for, you know, over a decade, right? And that every problem that existed, um before and during Katrina still exist, right? Like uh, not much access to, to, to healthcare if you're poor, which New Orleans is a poor city, right? Not much access to adequate housing, which is a really big deal. Everything about spread of virus, things like this, right? Are problems that we should be looking at instead of Mardi Gras. I remember when um, Katrina was still going on and uh, mm-hmm. it was just after they'd gotten everybody out of the... Superdome, and uh, somebody, one person was saying, I can't believe they abandoned all those people in the Superdome, and uh, somebody came back with the quip that those people got abandoned a long time before they went into the Superdome, and that stuck with me because it's so appropriate. I mean, there's uh, one of the things that we don't talk about much in the U.S., and I think right now, while people are sheltering in place and all the rest that they don't think about is how many people live in incredibly impoverished conditions, how many people live in projects, how many people live like that UN report about uh, Mississippi and Alabama Alabama and the uh, uh, open sewers and the, um, I I know that we don't say third world anymore, but uh, I guess for lack of a better way way to say it, third world conditions of uh, life for the rural poor as well as the urban poor. And right. um, Yeah. Who gets to stay home and who doesn't get to stay home? Yeah. Well, that that kind of I don't want to get off the server too quickly, but that also brings up another thing. There is in The New York Times this week, there was actually a pretty informative map but they were used as a series of maps, and only one of those was kind of singled out by people, which was the the map saying that people in the South were moving around a lot more than people in other parts of the of the country during the lockdown. But it it didn't. People recirculated that and said, "Oh, see, it's the South. We told you," uh, which is a complex. And I think there are different ways to look at that. But it didn't take into account that lots of people in the South like are poor and have to go to work, even if right, even if everything is shut down people have to go to work and things aren't within walking distance. And, uh, you know, part, we're talking about Katrina, part of the effects of Katrina was getting rid of um, affordable housing in New Orleans. And so people who work in the, but powering the New Orleans economy on the service industry so that people have to live outside of the city and go into the city to work, right? None of that, uh, none of that stops, right? Well, and there's also all of the places in the South that because there's so much agriculture there, 
that are, you know, planting crops and slaughtering chickens and doing all the things that are essential jobs, I think, by any standard. Right. They require moving around, right? You can't, like, just walk a block over and do it. And so I can't remember who it was, but some kind of prominent person on Twitter, and I think probably like a prominent uh, Democrat person who are – the Democrats are often the absolute worst about this, but circulated it and said, see, the South, right? And it was like – I think it was – uh, Mike Barbaro and uh, Krugman. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It was like Krugman Mike circulated. All. Yeah. Krugman's always bad about this. But, like, uh, yeah, just saying, see, it's the South without even, like, qualifying that with saying, like, you know, the South is a colonized extraction economy, right? <laughs> like, what else do you expect it to look like, you know? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I don't know. my, like, I couldn't, if I drove two, two miles from my house, I mean, that's, I don't, like, where I grew up, I mean, there's not, Anything. You'd still be in your neighborhood. Yeah, I'd still be in my neighborhood. I'd still be close to my house. <laughs> right. Well, I saw the map of uh, how much people were moving. And, uh, you know, it, some examples, Texas and uh, some of the western states. And it's like, well, I remember living, staying with friends in Texas. I didn't, it wasn't my place. But I remember staying with friends in Texas in a place where we had to drive 25 miles to get to a grocery store. Uh, just under absolutely ordinary circumstances in right. rural places, yeah. you have to move more uh, to get to essential services. Um, and speaking of essential services, now in Tennessee especially, and I'm not sure about the rest of the South, but I can't think that I, I'm too far off on this, they shut down most of the rural hospitals. Yeah. yeah. And so Which if you're going to go to a doctor, would... you have to drive to a city because... Uh, there's no investment whatsoever in keeping those hospitals open for rural communities. Well, I know Chad has talked about this before because I know, like, where you're from, like, they closed down the hospitals, right? They Well, they haven't closed it down completely, but they've they've closed mo Like, it's been in the process for a long time. They basically gutted it, and they don't do a lot at the hospital. So if you have any major medical problems, you have to go to Knoxville, which is like uh probably like a 90 like probably a over an hour drive i mean you have to drive over an hour to get to like my uncle who my uncle had a like he had a minor stroke and and the ambulance picked him up and he just asked them if they could just take him like directly to knoxville like he didn't even want to like because they don't they can't do any i mean they can basically just make sure you don't they basically at the at the hospital in Taswell, they make sure you don't die, and then they send you on to Knoxville. Is like what they do. Um, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and it's one of those things. It's like any there's there's all of these things that are useful, but that don't turn a profit, right? And we're seeing that exposed right now. But like the rural hospital system is one of them, right? It's something that's really really necessary for the country. But it doesn't turn a profit, so it's been disappearing and disappearing and disappearing. Yeah. Like a lot of other things. And it's also, you know, even in an area that's not rural, like New Orleans, you have so many places that are food deserts, right? Like if you live in the Lower Ninth Ward, like the only place to go grocery shopping is the gas station that finally got opened 15 years after Katrina. And the there's a guy who goes to other grocery stores, buys stuff, and then resells it out of like a building that's where you can go grocery shopping. So you're going to have to travel 
yeah. to, to be able I mean, to it's the same thing in Houston, too. I mean, Houston is so large. Right. And there are, yeah, there are areas where there are, yeah, there's no grocery stores. Um, right. And I think it's hard for people to imagine. I think for, like, if you're Mikey Barbaro or Paul Krugman, it's hard for you to picture that world, right? Um, and also, this is one reason it pisses me off so much when with Democrats. It's like that's kind of the people we've selected to be at the, at the head of the head of the party. And that's, like, where their thinking is. It's like, well, I can just blame the South because I know that they they – they in quotation marks vote republican so uh they probably had it coming yeah f them f them uh which is complex because like we're also saying like there's all these really there's also really bad government too with all the governors in the in the south being morons about this i can't figure um, out why they hmm? keep electing these people i mean i really can't (laughs) i i was thinking about that today and um um Thinking about, well, the, an article from The Atlantic um, uh-huh. by Van Newkirk about uh, the coronavirus's unique threat right. to the South. And part of what it's talking yeah. about is just sort of the, the problems of poverty in the South, where younger people yeah. tend to be more likely to right. be smokers, more likely to be obese, more likely to have diabetes, more likely to have hypertension. And part of that is cultural, and it comes out of the food and one thing and another, but, you know, we do keep on electing the worst sorts of politicians, like just really horrible politicians. Florida does it, even though Florida is full of people from uh, that aren't Southerners. Um, uh, yep. They're still, uh, it's still primarily Southerners, but, um, um, you know, the um, Matt Gates is it Gates? Gates. Yeah. Uh, My boy, just like I uh, every few days, I uh, send you a story about him being a bigger jackass and a dumber guy. Uh, And he's incredibly dumb. It was it was amazing. Uh, He was invited. I'm sure that at this point, surely it's been canceled. But he was invited to speak to Knox County Republicans um, in Tennessee. And it's like, why would you bring this jackass from Florida up except that they think that he's a kind of hero because he's willing to be that dumb in public yeah and that's kind of the the we've talked about it before in here that's the history of his career right is matt has always been i mean he is he is pretty dumb like uh i don't know how much i'm allowed to say on here i know i know one of his tutors from high school who's like yep he's that dumb um yeah, he is that dumb, and he's also he's always wanted to do politics as like a television career, right? Like he's not. I, I think I've said this on here before. Like I think if he was from one of those like um, like the Cuomo family or like uh, any like Democratic political dynasty, because he is a he's from a floor uh, he's from a political dynasty that spans North Dakota and Florida. Um, he would just be he would be a dumbass in the Democratic Party, right? He would be one of the Cuomos, but he's you know he knows his audience. Uh, and um, is not very bright, but also has absolutely no shame. And so his family, like, has uh, kind of uh, political links to the twin sisters, um, North Dakota and Florida. (laughs) (laughs) His granddad, like, what is his granddad, like, died on the floor at, like, the convention or something in North Dakota, which, um, you know. I think Irish, I think it's Irish twin sisters. (laughs) <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, his dad's a dork, too. But, like, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and what was this thing? Uh, the, the last one you sent me was about the Howard University thing, right, where he didn't understand why Howard University didn't, again, in air quotes, didn't understand why Howard University was getting $13 million out of, uh, you know, a $30 billion funding for, for colleges and universities, uh, despite the fact that it's a huge medical school that is um, a coronavirus, COVID-19 treatment center, like next to next to the Congress, right? I believe <laughs> it was like a short walk from Congress. Um, but, you know, anyone outside of this can see like it's no accident why they pick Howard, right? Yeah. It's a it's a historically black college, right? Like that's why it bothers them that it's Howard. But if you say that, then they get really upset. Like, why would you point that out? But yeah, that's kind of Matt's thing. It's just being the dumb person at the front of that who, who thinks that he's cool. It's funny. I, I think a lot of people don't know he has a sister, and his sister's just as dumb and horrible. And she runs like some kind of Republican PR firm, and um, uh, like a few years ago on Twitter, she posted a picture of Matt who's a very unfortunate looking fellow, Matt, uh, a picture of him in a suit and a picture of him in a softball uniform and said, get you a man that does both. (laughs) 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 I can't remember if I screenshotted it and forgot about it or like just burned it into my memory and then I've tried to forget about it. But yeah, his sister is also vile. They're just a vile family the nasty family and her dad i think i mentioned this before his dad their dad is in charge of all of the bp oil uh settlement funds for northwest florida like 500 million dollars or something so sure it'll work out it'll work out just fine um yeah another thing i keep circling back into it but another thing that's just like makes me nuts about the mardi gras thing and the new orleans thing is that like if you've been following the news out of new orleans it's been horrible for like weeks now uh, and, you know, everyone I know that works in the medical field in New Orleans, from EMTs, nurses, like people who clean buildings, uh, up to the, the doctors treating this, are just have just been going, like, nonstop with very little supplies and support for weeks now. And then so many people, like, at the center of, like, New Orleans culture have been dying over the last few weeks, right? So uh, most famously, Ellis Marsalis passed away, like, two days ago, three yeah, days ago now? Yeah, a couple of days ago. From... from coronavirus uh more locally ronald lewis who ran a, a, a kind of museum called the house of dance and feathers which was in the lower ninth ward and was kind of a cultural museum for like mardi gras indian culture in the lower ninth ward died of coronavirus uh teresa eloe i think that's you pronounce her last name who owned my favorite uh bar for mardi gras day in st joseph's night sportsman's corner passed away uh from this and then yesterday tom dempsey legendary kicker for the saints died and so when people kind of point their finger and say, hey, look what you look what you did to yourself. Like, I, I don't think they quite understand what they're poking their finger into. Um, I keep seeing pictures of empty um, the empty French Quarter. And it's mm-hmm. a very strange, sad thing to see. Yeah, it's weird. I don't it's I. I I don't have many like emotional reactions to the French Quarter, like I, because it's not a place I'm in very much. But it's still like very bizarre to see. But then you know I see people's um, drives to work that they're showing, and I have friends who are, you know, all the cafes and stuff are closed. So I have friends who are kind of uh, sitting on street corners, very far spaced out from each other, and drinking coffee kind of together, uh, things like that. Um, if you you probably followed some of it, like the people who have been. Um, 
playing brass instruments on the porches across the street from each other. Uh, and then, you know, I had friends whose wedding was supposed to be last weekend and they couldn't do that. Um, so, you know, making do with like, I think people doing a zoom call to them and singing to them and stuff. So like, yeah, it's weird to see a new Orleans without people. Oh, probably the most people, people centered place I know without people. What's it like where you live? I mean, uh, I like, I'm here, I've got my windows all open because it's, 90 degrees and um i live in an apartment and so i can hear people coming and going from their rooms across the mm-hmm. across the way i can hear people talking on the phone mm-hmm. uh we don't certainly don't all uh lean out our windows and sing songs together or anything but um yeah it's a, a it's a very urban experience i have here even though san miguel's not that big a place uh, I'm curious what it's like for you guys to be sheltering at home. What that? Uh, um, I have no idea. I, Chad, you live in the suburbs. Are they um, launching the Cajun Navy out of your driveway or anything like they were for the hurricanes? <laughs> no, it's not happening. That's not happening yet because uh, it, it's it, it is. We are in flood season. It's the rainy season, but I haven't. Yeah, it's like I, like I said, I went out to the the store and there were not a lot of people out. I mean, there were people on the golf course and like even the grocery store was not that full. So like people are, um, you know, like staying in around here. And I know um, my I I talked to I talked to students who are in the city. I te- uh, some of my students live kind of closer into the city. And my wife does the same. And, like, if you live, like, in a lot of people in Houston are not going out at all. Like, um, you know, Houston is very, yeah, it sounds like a lot of people are staying indoors uh, in Houston. So, and, like, I'll go out. I've been out, like, running. And, like, when I go out running, I see a few people here and there. Um, and I sure I stop and I give them a hug and, and a kiss on the cheek and... And keep on going, but but there are not that many people out like we're out. But like I said, it's I live in the suburbs and it's not that like kind of dense here. So yeah, it's weird in Japan and it's still very controversial because uh, nothing shut down. Uh, the schools are, I mean, but everything else is is normal. So um, I could, in theory, be going out drinking every night and eating in restaurants and going to cafes all day, like nothing. Nothing would stop me from doing that, um, which has been strange the last four weeks because for, for those of us who are in communication with people in America, especially for me being in communication with people in New Orleans directly, it's full, you know, I don't want to say I, full crisis mode, like it's a crisis. Uh, and then I'm here and like nothing's really going on and... Um, there's a lot Jap- Japan Twitter are for uh, non-Japanese Japan Twitter is very there's a lot of um, very logical brothers on there if you know what I mean uh, very logic bro centric and so it's been a lot of like well no everything's fine I don't know why you would be concerned um, and so it's really kind of an uneasy thing and so the Japanese government keeps hitting on every night what are called the three uh, mitsus but it's about um, it's kind of, it kind of illustrates the flaw with doing these kind of Venn diagrams, but they're trying to say there's three kind of things you should avoid. One is like confined spaces with lots of people in them. One is like uh, close communication with people. And what's the third one? I should know this, right? Uh, it's kind of along similar lines. But then the, the graph always shows them overlapping. And so 
it seems like maybe people are interpreting that as you shouldn't do this part where it overlaps. <laughs> you shouldn't do and all so at once. People are just, right. So a lot of people are just congregating outside. Um, so two weekends ago was a big holiday weekend and everybody was just out. It's it's uh, cherry blossom season, so everyone's doing outside picnics and stuff. And there's people everywhere outside. Um, anecdotally, my wife has said that she has seen like not very many people in stores and stuff. So maybe less people are going inside. And it seems like from just some numbers, um, uh, like train traffic is down and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's just weird because I walk around all the time thinking like, are we not in a crisis? Are we, what's, what's happening here? And they've just, you know, Kyoto is going to saying they're going to reopen the schools on Wednesday, yeah. which is freaking everybody out and saying that, well, they'll just have the kids uh, use social distancing yeah. from each other. It's like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, my kids' class has, has 33 kids in it and one teacher. So They must have huge classrooms sure if they're going to say six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, Natsuki is funny. She actually worked it out uh, using geometry, uh, uh, how it's actually impossible. Like, you can't have people in the space of a classroom and do that. But it's one of the, you know, well, we're all teachers. You'll be very familiar with this. The school board sent out, or the city sent out a document saying, we're going to reopen the schools. We expect that all the kids will use social distancing. And during music class where they're singing, we will ask them not to sing towards each other. And at PE, <laughs> we'll, ask them to, we'll ask them to play away from each other. Yeah. So I'm sure you're all picturing yourself teaching eight-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't but sing. It seems to me like a, a lot of what yeah, a lot of what that is is so that later on they'll just be able to say, well, the teacher didn't do it right. right? Yeah, it's his fault. Well, we we've been – so I'm in a lot of like – I mean, we're we're completely online uh, now. and But I'm also having to do tons of meetings, and I'm part of like the district. Not only do I get to teach my high school class, I also get to help the district um, kind of roll out the lesson plans and stuff for the whole district. So I get to be in a lot of, like, I get to be in so many Zoom meetings. Um, and it's funny, like, how different, like, the 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 district, like, there are certain people up in the district that are so like, okay, like, so when we come, so right now, originally, we were supposed to go back to school on the 13th, like, I think we were supposed to go back to school, like, on the 13th. I don't know. I don't know if that's the actual date or something, but that was like, I think 34, like 15, like when we go back to school on the, like, okay, when we go back to school on the 15th, when we go back to school on the 15th, and then there were also, I had one person, probably the most high up person was like, okay, if we go back to school, but then she had like an assistant with her, was like, you have to say like, when we go back, like when we go back to school, like you're supposed to say when we go back to school. And then they just recently, the, the governor pushed it back to May 4th. And so still in the meetings, they're like, so when we go back to school on May 4th, when we go back to school on May 4th, when we go back to school on May 4th, and then I was just in a meeting, and, um, like, one person said, well, when we go back to school on May 4th, like, how are we going to do this? Like, And it was, like, about the AP test. Like, so are the kids going to take it in school, out of school? Like, what do we do? And so, and the, the, the person leading the meeting was like, so, like, when we come back to school, like, we're planning on coming back to school, and then sort of the most... The, the principal, like the most higher up person is like, okay, just let's be honest. Uh, uh, let's, uh, we're probably not coming back. Let's plan on not coming back to school. Like, I think that's, that's where we're all going with this, <laughs> that we're not going back to school on, uh, this year. Like we probably won't be back at school this year. Um, so, 
This school year or this calendar year? Uh, this school year. I mean, like, this school year. I think he was saying this school year. So, so right now we're supposed to be out until May the 4th. I think May the 4th is a Friday. So, like, right now, like, the Governor Abbott said school has to be out until May the 4th. So, but, but this, well, yeah. Who knows? Like, yeah. We probably won't be back this year. I mean, this school year. This school year is what they're saying. Who knows? Maybe are you we doing won't online classes? We are doing online classes. Yeah. How many it's, of your kids have, are, actually have available internet and computers? And- oh, my God. So, I, so, so luckily, our school, like we, I teach at a one-to-one school. So like all, and that's in the high school. So all the high school kids have computers, but the issue is a lot of the kids don't have internet and so they don't have internet. So we're trying to figure out how to, you know, how do we get these kids internet? And like the high schools have all boosted the signal at their, well, actually all the schools in the district have boosted their signal, you know, but that means you have to live like pretty close to a school and like you have to live within like a block of a school um, you know, and Comcast has done a thing like, well, we'll, if you don't owe us money, uh, we'll give you two months free. <laughs> and like, I mean, that's like half my students probably owe, you know, right. like owe money to Comcast. Right. Um, but don't worry, this, the district did set up a website, uh, that you could go to if you don't have internet. Um, so like where do like it's a website that you go to if you don't have internet. So that's the sort of like the solution. <laughs> That'll work. So, that's forward thinking. Um so Yeah. So I'm gonna take an awkward pause for a moment that I'll edit out because I'm trying to find this this absolutely bizarro Facebook post that I wanted to read to you. And it has to be right here. Oh, I found it. I found it. Uh Okay. Make sure Musashi has headphones on because I have to cuss a lot. (laughs) I mean, he likes being inside people's heads. I mean, he should. He does. This is way inside somebody's head. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So this is going to be from a Facebook post from early March from someone I, I don't know, but they're from Northwest Florida. Uh, and this is very Northwest Florida. His name's Rob. I won't say his last name. So <laughs> oh, I'm so nervous to read this in a room with other people. But uh, he says, this out of control coronavirus hysteria is bullshit. Motherfucking bunch of chicken little sky is falling fear mongering liberal globalist crybaby dipshits who would have the entire world screech to a halt because some Chinese fucks released a virus we haven't quite figured out yet. Get your ass to work. Take your goddamn kids to school, and unless you or them actually get sick, shut the fuck up. About this mild illness causing virus, and quit getting your little feelings hurt when someone talks about facts and not bullshit. Feel good measure designed to fool the masses. Use that closet full of toilet paper you have to wipe the shit off your nose after you pull it out of Pelosi's ass, and let the rest of us get back to the business of living our what was starting to look good before this shit lives. Fuck, goddamn bunch of weaklings. The greatest generation who suffered through the Depression, World War II, and polio surely must be rolling over in their graves and I don't care what you liberal pussies have to say about it we will see who is left standing when the dust uh, when the dust uh, one second 
when the dust settles and the cream rises to the top. Despite the worst efforts of the leftist, globalist, one-world, anti-American assholes, I bet my ass I will be one of the last ones laughing when this shit is finally said and done. I'm not scared, and I've had pneumonia twice. <laughs> <That's the smallest. laughs> oh, man. This shit will pass. I'll put money on it. That man is the oh, dusty man. cream of the crop. That man is probably not alive, right? Yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace to Rob, a real one. <laughs> um. uh, that Well, you know, David and I, I think, had talked about this on Facebook, but that's one thing that always makes me nuts when people are like, the greatest generation lived through this. It's like, yeah, you get that, like, tens of thousands didn't, didn't <laughs> or worldwide, millions didn't. Right, yeah. A lot of people that yeah, a lot of the greatest generation didn't make it. Like we didn't get to see a lot of the greatest generation. Yeah. You never heard yeah. them complaining about having polio though. Um they would they took it and they liked it. <laughs> they never quarantined. No about they never even tried to slow it down. They knew it'd pick off the weak members of society. My uncle, who has to buy two pairs of shoes, like every time he buys shoes, because he has two different sized legs, never complained about polio. <laughs> um. I, yeah, I, the depression is famous for no one ever complaining about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like Charles Lindbergh never complained about World War Two. Yeah. <laughs> I'd do two more depressions. Well, it's one of those weird... It's one of those weird things I never understand that interpretation because, you know, I, like you guys, all my grandparents lived through the Depression and, like, they never talked about it. Like, no, it was good. Uh, we really learned a lot. And um, I think everyone should have to deal with that at some point. Yeah. Well, my grandfather always used to say I'd do it again in a fucking heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> and then he punched me in the stomach. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, why not? Why not? The Depression, that was, that was our glory years. I think that's it. Okay. I think that's enough. Oh, We've done enough. We covered a lot. I'm exhausted. Yeah. All right. I will see you guys next time. Right. See you next time. See you next time. Rest in peace, Rob. Ready, <laughs> Rob. Peace, peace out, Rob. <laughs>